0: Good morning. Good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class is sponsored by Paula and Nathan Batesh, dedicated in honor of Yaron, Dahan, and family. The Dahan energy is strong in the room today. Yeah, Eddie. we got, we're, we're, two, we're two for three. Inshallah, Sorry? They plugged it. there. okay. Breakfast in the Class is also dedicated in honor of Dr. Howard Sunderling of Boca Raton, Florida, and for successful surgery for Heskel Ben Benyamin by Keith Sunderling. As well, Breakfast in the Class is dedicated in Loving Memory of the Hanaleh Bat Shalom, and Shimon Ben David, Shalom, sponsored by their daughter, Razie Katz. And as well, uh, Breakfast in the Class is dedicated in honor of NCSY, whose mission is to connect, inspire, and empower Jewish teens by providing them with a wide range of opportunities to experience their beautiful heritage. What a magnificent organization uh, by Ariel or Hazaku Baruch. Finally, the Week of Kobru was sponsored by David Yash in honor of you and your substantial capacity to, good, to do good today and every day. My friends, I want to share with you uh, something which I found to be fascinating. How are you, Tzadik? I'm so happy you're here today. Bye, see you soon. I'll see you tomorrow. Okay, bye. bye. Unbelievable. God bless. The Pasuk says, The youngest member of breakfast in the class, youngest member of the Minyan, you should see him grow to be a, a tremendous talmin chacham with wonder, wondrous mazal. You uh, should be blessed with shnei shulchanot, physical and spiritual, only the best things uh, for him. He is a child that's beloved by our whole community. So, hazaku Joseph. Okay. The pasuk says, wow, soli Asa quietly in the corner. Ki yikach isha. The halakha is, that a Kohen, a, uh, Gadol, has to take someone who's never been married before. He can't marry a divorcee, a Kohen Gadol, and he also can't marry a widow. So the question is, why is he different with regards to the widow? Why, if a regular Kohen, even if he can't marry a divorcee, he can marry someone who's, uh, uh, whose husband has passed away why can't a Kohen Gadol also marry the same person? Now, I, I need to share with you, because this is just blow away. The Sefer Moshev Zikenim, which was written by the Baalei HaTosafot, he writes, and I'm reading you his language here, because if I don't read this to you, you shouldn't believe me. He bin Yehuda Lama Nitstaveh, he asked, Yehuda HaHasid asked, how come a Kohen Gadol has to marry a, a woman who's not who's not, a, who's not been married before whose husband did not pass away and he explained because the Kohen Gadol would say God's name on Yom Kippur maybe you saw a very nice looking lady a wonderful lady, nice midot, she uh, She runs a beautiful home. He sees a woman, fantastic lady, this, you know, she's awesome. And when he mentions Hashem's name on Yom Kippur, in the Beit HaMikdash, he should have in mind, he'll have in mind, this guy, the Kohen Gadol, that her husband should die so he can marry her therefore, Asira Torah, the Torah forbid, Amra Torah, the Torah said, Shei Sabbat, He should marry a woman whose husband did not pass away. That way, there's no incentive, because even if he mentions the husband's name, and the guy moots on the spot, Baruch Shev Kivor, he dies, okay? Mid-sentence, he can't marry his wife anyway. So therefore, no point in killing the lady's husband. By using the Shema of the forash. You read this and you just think to yourself, what are we talking about? But the reason why was that we were worried that the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur in the Beit HaMikdash while saying God's unmentionable name that he could only say at that moment, We're worried that maybe he'll use it, the name of God, to kill somebody. Where do we find that, by the way, in the Torah? By Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu, when he sees the Egyptian man beating the Jewish slave, he kills him. How does he kill him? How does he kill the Egyptian? By mentioning, by saying God's name. That's why the Pasuk says, where she explains... The next day when Moshe came out and the two Jewish guys, they say to him, you know, we know what you did last summer. Do you know what they say? Do you, do you intend to kill me? But Rashi says, do you intend to kill me by speech? The way you killed the Egyptian yesterday? How could it be that this is what we're thinking? That we're worried, that we're thinking that, go hang, I that's what he's thinking at that moment, in that place, come on, that he wants to, he saw this girl he likes, happens to be, she's married, <laughs> let's off the husband using one of God's names, I just want to know, <laughs> is there like a special name of God, like to off someone's husband? i really should. Sure. like you know, <laughs> I imagine like so many people from the mafia would love to know that name of God. Okay. We learned from here a tremendous lesson, my friends. <laughs> the, the Mishnah tells us, it's quoted also in the Gemara, Berachot, Daf, Chavtet. Al ta'amin be'atzmecha ad yom don't believe in yourself until the day you die. That does not sound like everything you hear on like motivational speeches on Instagram. <laughs> you know, memes, post-it notes, inspiring. You know, everyone is believing, in yourself, believing in yourself, believing in yourself. Comes in Mishnah, Don't believe in yourself until you die, until the day you die. Yohanan Kohen Gadol, Yohanan the Kohen Gadol, Shimesh Eighty years he was Kohen Gadol. Eighty years he went into Kodesh Shakodashim and he emerged unscathed. That means he was righteous. And yet, Ulibasov, and in the end, Naase seduki, He switched his, uh, his, uh, uh, his uh, life and belief practices to be that of a seduki. What do we learn from that? We learn that even the biggest tzaddik in the oldest age in the holiest place in the Beit HaMikdash he also has a yetzarah. A lot of times a person thinks, you know what? I don't need to worry about this. I'm above that already. I'm beyond that stuff already. I you know, I'm not it's kavod it doesn't maybe when I was younger. You know, kavod would bother me. Maybe when I was uh, you know, more petty. Maybe when I'd never got my name, you know, plastered on the side of a building, you know, but now I'm already beyond that. I'm past that. Al-Ta'min you're, you're, you're not dead, you're not past it. When you're dead, you're past it. And what do we learn? We learn that such is the power of the Yetzirah that at the end of the day, if you are alive another day, it has to be that the Yetzirah is capable of starting up with you, because if the Yetzirah no longer had any power over you, there would be zero point for you to stay in this world. God would take your soul, because the whole point of being in this physical world is to be able to struggle, to fight, to have those challenges, to make the right choices, to be bocher b'chaim, u'baharta b'chaim, to choose life. If it's not a choice anymore, you're past it, you don't need to be here anymore. God takes your soul. He brings it to the world of truth, brings to Olama HaEmet, sends you to Gan Eden, Hazaku Baruch, all expense paid, all-inclusive, you know, non-stop buffet. My friends, Rav Shimon Shkup, a great Tamil Chacham, when he was very old and he was sick in the hospital, old, he was weak. His students uh, his students would come visit him. They would sit in the room, they would sit outside in the waiting room. One time, the situation happened that the students were outside, they were getting lunch, they were outside, whatever it was. And the rabbi was left alone in the room by himself. An elderly nurse comes into the room. You know, she's overweight, doesn't look so beautiful, she's Got everything counting against her, if you will. The minute she walked in the room and the door closed, Rev. Shimon Shkup, in his pain, in his old age, jumped out of his bed, ran out the door. The students see their rabbi running out the door. They said, what happens? Everything okay? He says, well, the door closed. I was left alone in a closed room with a the, with the lady. That's the laws of Yichud. person is not allowed to be isolated in a room... With someone with a woman, if the door is closed, unless they know that someone's going to be coming in or whatever the laws of yichud are, you know, you could go learn them on yourself by on your own time. But they said to me, But Rabbi, you're so old, you're so unwell. What are you worried? You're worried something's going to happen. This woman, she's not Jewish, she's very old, very overweight, she's not beautiful. I want you to listen to the words of Rev Shimon, Rev Shimon Shkap. You know what he said to his students. He said, HaYetzir The Yetzir Hara He'll make me young. And her young and beautiful. I read this story. I was shaking. If the rabbi could say that about himself. What are you talking about? I can't be here. Who knows what will happen. They tell a story about Rabbi Yisrael Salanta once. He's sitting in a room and a person brought some money and they put the money on the table and they walked out of the room to go get something. As soon as the person walked out, Rabbi Yisrael ran out of the room. He said, is everything okay? What's the matter? He said, the law of Yehud is that a person should not be alone with a woman who's not their wife because we're worried that a person might make a mistake. He said, to leave money with somebody alone in the room, where the person might make a mistake. Does it matter which averah the person might make a mistake? Rabbi Yisrael Salada, the father of the Muslim movement, he felt that there was ichud on any, on any averah, on any isur. This is, again, I want you to understand, this is the head of the movement of Musar. So when we talk about, look, you know, things are not going so well, you're falling, your level in Judaism is not so strong, learn Musar. The one who instituted that Yisrael Salanta. what did he do in his own life when he's left alone with a, a stack of money he went running because maybe he might take it you never know the yetzirah he's wily he's a trickster he figures out He and not only by the way and everybody knows this truth about themselves not only does the yetzahara have the strength to convince you to do a sin you know how good he is He makes you feel when you're doing the wrong thing as if you did a mitzvah. No, no, it's mutar. It's allowed. It's for sure. Come on. It's very important. You should raise her spirits. I remember once I saw a rabbi walked up to a lady in the community. He gave her a big hug. Anyway, so I I asked him, I was like, what's... I said, is she related? What's the relationship? I said, I didn't never met your wife, mom, you know? I just said, oh, is she related? He goes, no, no. He goes, but she's going through a difficult time. I was like, okay. You know, <laughs> is there no other way but hugs? In his mind, he did a mitzvah. Figure out another way to lift the spirits. Now, it's interesting, because now we live in the Me Too movement. So now we live in an age where, if you weren't Jewish, never mind for a sin, you went over to some random lady, you gave her a hug, they'll sue you in court. Why? Because the world is learning, actually, that all those things which were innocent, were not so innocent. And all these people that stood on pedestals are being torn down, and we're seeing about exactly what their behavior was with, uh, you know, with these issues of uh, Kidusha. And how the people who presented themselves as if they were the paragons of virtue, uh, you know, are being cast out of their job. What a fall it has been for Mishpachat Kuomo Hayekara. Right? Remarkable. But you know what the answer is? The answer is, the Yetzirah is smarter than you. You know why? Because the Yetzirah HaRa is you. It's the desires, it's the things that he knows you're weak in, that he preys on. He finds the elements where he knows you're not sure or he knows you're weak or he knows how difficult for you, he's made up of you. It's not some random outsider moving in, trying to figure out how to get you to trip up. He knows everything about you. It's coming from you. It's the drive for good within a person. His soul is the Yetzer hatov, the nefesh, the neshama, pulling in the right way. The goof of the person, the physical attributes of the person, pull him to the goof type things, and, and in this war between the Yetzirah and the Yetzirah Tov, sometimes the Yetzirah gets the best of you. And you know what? And you'll be convinced that not only did you do a, a, a Avera, you didn't do A, you did a mitzvah. I didn't give tzedakah, but you know what? I taught the guy, he needs to get a job. Rohi, he's not coming to your school. You're not his rabbi. You don't need to teach him that lesson. But I did a mitzvah in not giving tzedakah. It's the only way he'll learn. Who died and left you his parent? His rabbi. My rabbi once said that to me. Oh, it was the biggest piece of musa, maybe the biggest piece of musa I got from my Rebbe. I've mentioned this before. A fellow comes to the kolel, he's limping on his leg, the next day he's limping on the other leg. One day he comes in with a sling. I had to, I don't even know. You know who I kept thinking? You know who he reminded me? He was the human incarnate of Wiley E. Coyote. Remember that Wiley? Every day the guy's, his teeth are knocked out. His brain, his brain is being blown up. His eye, right. This guy must live the worst life ever if every day he's coming collecting in the Koleil for another ailment. Now obviously, what do we all think? The guy's a sketch. You know, he just wants to collect money. So you know what? I went to my rabbi, I was like, look, every day the guy's here. Every day we give him. The guy, is never going to learn. He's there. If, he, if he gets money from us every, you know. So I went up to my rabbi, I said, look, are we allowed to not give him tzedakah because we're only enabling his problem? He's never going to get a job. And my rabbi just looked at me with one of those piercing looks. And he said, you care if he has a job? Have you tried to get him a job yet? That you care that he has a job? That you're making this decision because you don't want him to learn to be self, right? It was one of those moments where, again, I I came with such a, I'm so righteous. (laughs) Patting myself on the back, oh, you're so amazing, Shlomo. And just with two seconds, he just cut right through it like a hot knife through butter. Did you try and get him a job? So don't, stop pretending that you care whether he actually, whether he collects charity or has a job. I took the Musar. I'm also a little bit stubborn. Took the Musar. So the next day, before the guy came to the yeshiva, and did his rounds for half a shekel, a shekel from each guy in the room, I went around to everyone in the room and I asked everyone in the room, I said, guys, this guy comes every day. Number one, he's costing us a fortune. Number two, he, he's never gonna get a job. His legs are hurting, his heart is hurting, his eyes are hurting. The guy can't run around, you know. Also, he's a big fella, he's sweating, can't, maybe can't do difficult work, you know. Also, he doesn't have any training in other areas, you know, how could the guy possibly make Parnassa So difficult. So I came up with a solution. We're going to get together. It cost at the time 3,000 shekel to buy the medallion so that you could be a cab driver. I said, we buy the guy the medallion, then he could sit in the car all day. His right leg, his left leg, they're always hurting? No problem. Don't use your legs at all. Sit in the car. You're schwitzing all the time. You're heavy? No problem. AC. You don't have any formal training? No problem. Drive someone where he needs to go. What's the issue? I raised 3000 shekel. Best fundraiser I ever did. I raised 3000 shekel from people that barely had shekel themselves. Anyway, I go to my uh, I go to the guy. He walks in, I said I have good news for you. I said I know that you always say how it's hard for you to work because of your legs because of this because of that i said we raised in the today we raised three thousand shekel for you the guy's eyes lit up three thousand shekel for you to be able to buy you a medallion so you could drive a cab in that way it doesn't hurt your legs you know you have a problem breathing when you exert yourself you won't have any issues you sit all day comfortably Drive people here, there, you make a nice prayer, The guy looks at me and he goes, Ma, I have to work from the morning till the night? (laughs) Exhausted, you know, like this. He just threw right back in my face. Guy has no interest whatsoever. I felt justified now, like, you know. (laughs) go back to the rabbi I put together the money to buy him the medallion to get him the job the guy's not interested he couldn't care less he told me he doesn't want to work the whole day I said so now are we patur from giving him any tzedakah my rabbi said he said if someone's sick you give him money because Hazi he's sick he's not well and he needs the support of the community He says, a guy like this, the guy's Majnur in the head. Doesn't he need our compassion? Doesn't he need our support? A guy that you give him the opportunity on a silver platter, and he's incapable of taking it. Doesn't he also need our compassion? You know, it was one of those classic moments where I really understood how smart the Yetzirah really can be. Because once my rabbi explained to me like that, I was like, yeah, obviously. Obviously. You give the person the opportunity, but they have to be willing to take it. You, you can't, you can only bring the horse to water. You can't make him drink. Look, I'm sure you've experienced this with exceed, right? So the nature of this is, if a person is not there, so hazit that they're not there. But that's the its so smart. You're a Kohen Gadol, it's Yom Kippur, you're in the Beit HaMikdash, you're saying God's name, but you saw this lady you really want to marry, you know what might happen? <laughs> you might say, I, don't, I wonder how you could, I'm just, again, I'm very curious about how he would have gone about killing this woman's husband. Like would he have said the name, Is like, Misha <laughs> B'Rach is it the opposite of the in my prayer? Like you know, Ilna na lorefanalo. I'm not really sure what do you say the guy's name, the name and his mother's name, the name and his father's name? Which way do you go when you're killing Naige? I'm not sure. How do you, I'm, I'm very curious about this. Not that there's anyone I'm trying to kill, but I just find I find the whole concept just fascinating. My friends, such is the nature of the yitzhir. Such is the nature of the itzah. The Yetzirah will do anything, he'll try anything. And no one is immune. In fact, that is the kindness of God. That no matter how many levels we play in the game, I used to be a video game junkie when I was a kid. Anyone here, video game junkie? Yeah? I'm a little bit older than you, so your video game, your youth is different than mine. But I played Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. On the Nintendo, the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System whose hardware was so sophisticated that the only way you could get it to work if it stopped working, was by taking the cartridge out and going <laughs> that was, I think it actually appeared on their website. <laughs> you know what they tell you? Don't call technical support until you have. Made sure it's plugged in. Blown on the cartridge. Have you blown in the machine, <laughs> okay? I play these games, I played them until I beat them. There's an amazing thrill when you win the game. When you beat Mike Tyson, I beat Mike Tyson. I beat Contra. I beat Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Cost me a lot of quarters in the pizza shop, but I did it. It's a tremendous thrill when you win, followed by this dull feeling, what now? The game makers, they only made so many levels. And eventually you run out of levels. One of the kindnesses of God is that he makes a yetzahara that is relentless, who never gives up. So there's always another level to conquer. There's always another place to go. He's getting up in the morning. Are you? He's figuring out ways how to kill you. Are you figuring out ways how to protect yourself or kill him? Because he's coming for you every day, every night. He never gives up. And if that's the case, it offers us an opportunity for growth, for reward, from the day we're born until the day we pass from this earth. May God bless us to win more battles than we lose.